Last year, I, I made a great list of, of resolutions. I want you to know I kept every one of them. Lose weight, grow more hair, travel the world, learn a new language. Wait, why are y'all laughing? See, I put them in an envelope. I kept them all year long. I, di I didn't do them, but I kept my resolutions, okay? So, technicality, but I kept my resolutions. So, um, I don't recommend that route, but, you know, we, we, we set these goals, these aggressive goals for our lives, and, and we, we kind of sometimes wean off of those throughout the year. But last year, I, uh, last week, I, I mentioned something just real briefly. I said, what about our spiritual life? What are we expecting God to do in 2015? How were we in 2014? Did we grow in our relationship with God? Did we show other people more about ourselves? You know, yesterday I, I recruited the kids and we were taking down Christmas lights. And we have a sign in our yard that says, Jesus is the reason for the season. And I also think about another sign that we have at Easter time. It's a, it's a cross and on Easter Sunday it, you flip it and it says, He is risen. And all of our neighbors know that we're born-again Christians. All of us pretty much know who we serve and our, our, our commitment to Christ. But how many of people that we go and we work with or we live nearby or attend school with don't know that about us? They don't see anything different in our lives that, that identifies us as a follower of Christ, that, that we believe in God's Word, we believe in Jesus Christ, we believe in the return 2015 might be a great time for us to, to start setting some spiritual expectations of what we'd like to see, not only in the physical, but also in the spiritual. What would you like to see God do in your life in 2015? What would you like to see God do in your family in 2015? What would you like to see God do in your finances in 2015? We're going to be talking today about expectations. Because the questions that I'm going to be asking you throughout the year are, are you ready to grow? Are you ready for growing pains? You see, to grow, there has to be growing pains. I know something a little bit about growing pains. They're growing up just like Zach. I think you're the tallest one in the church. I'll use you as an example. Um, growing up, there was always an achingness in, in my knees and legs. And I would, as a child, I'd cry and say, Mom, this hurts so bad. And she said, hey, you're growing. But the growing pains stop and you get to keep the growth. 2015 is going to have some growing pains for us, but we get to enjoy the growth. So we're ready for a new season. You know, Ecclesiastics 3.1 says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. God created seasons, and I'm believing that 2015 is going to be a great season. So today's message is talking about great expectations. Not the literary book, but great expectations. According to Webster's, to expect means to look forward to anticipation or to watch. My definition of expectation would be to have the mindset ready to receive. Okay? Now think about this. Expectations is I've set my mind ready to receive. Looking forward to getting something to improve my condition. To improve my condition. I'm ready to receive. You see, if you are praying to God for a change in your life, if you are praying to God for a breakthrough, if you are praying to God, then you should have expectations that you are going to get what He has promised you. Amen? So if we pray and we have no expectations, there's no impartation. 
The next slide I want to put up, it says this. And, and if you get a chance, write this down. It's not a very long sentence. I hope to see God do this, and you fill in that blank, in 2015. And I'm challenging you to write this down and put this somewhere that you're not just going to see it next Sunday, and then it gets put away. Put this on a refrigerator sticky note on your, in your bathroom mirror, something that you would rem- be remindful of, of what you'd like to see God do in 2015. See, the Word of God says all things are possible. So nothing's too difficult for God. Now, there are some things that I could put on this list that are not in accordance to God's will for my life. He's not going to allow me to sin by putting something up there. Lord, I'd like to rob five banks in 2015. Could you help me do that? (laughs) Would you all pray with me? Because, man, if I rob five banks, I'm giving you all 10%, okay? So, no, no, excuse me, what, what, what? But sometimes we put things like that in a blank and say, God, would you, would you do that? God's not going to bless sin. God's going to bless his will in our lives. How do I know God's will? You get into his word and you start asking God and say, God, maybe this would be, I hope to see God do according to his will in my life in 2015. Wow. That could become a very powerful statement in your, your studies this year. So I want to encourage you to write that down. You see, when we come to church, we expect certain things to happen. First off, we expect to be greeted at the door. We like that. We like when Tish and Angel brings snacks and goodies for us. We like when Shauna makes the coffee. We like when Dino leads us in his, our favorite song. We like when Pastor Mark preaches real short. <laughs> we like when we don't have to tear down. I mean, these are all good things, right? We, we like the worship time. We come with an expectancy, but are we expecting God to do something supernatural in our lives and not just go through the routine of having church? You see, if all we're going through is the routine of church, then there's not a blessing on that. But when we come to church with an expectancy and say, God, in worship today, I'm going to give you everything in myself. Now, most of you have never watched me watch a football game. And today, you might say, Pastor, sometimes you yell out. Sometimes you embarrass me. No, you should watch me watch the Cowboys. Because what happens is, sorry, Angel, but sometimes when it gets really close down, and my kids and Zach and Atessas, I stand up, and I stand up in front of the TV screen, and I start talking to that TV screen, okay? I'm promising this, okay? Because, and, and the kids will be like, Dad, they can't hear you. And I'm like, don't pass this. Run it, run it, run it, you know? And I'm thinking, why is it that I can have that exuberance for a team that will never make an impact in my life? And then I come to church, and I'm like, I can't do that. I can't raise my hands. I can't yell out. I can't dance. You know, when they score, I do a dance. I know you don't want to see this. But the point being, though, is if I can get that excited about the physical, why am I not that excited about the supernatural? Where are my priorities? Where's my dignity? Once again, you haven't seen me, but if you want to see, if we keep going on through the playoffs, okay, maybe we all ought to go somewhere, and then you're really going to see what a worshiper, okay? It's like, woo, okay? (laughs) But if I can do that in front of my TV, I can do so much more in front of my God. Because he will never fail me. Jerry Jones has let me down many times, but God will never (laughs) fail me. We can bleep that part out of the uh, iTunes. 
we need to come to church with an expectancy to receive something from God, not to just go through the routines. Dino's going to do four or five songs. Kristen's going to get up and do a beautiful job of the announcements. Then pastor's going to preach, then we're going to tear down, and then we all get to go eat. We have the ability to come with an expectancy. God, in worship today, would your spirit pour out among us? God, in the message today, would the word of God change my life? God, when I go to church today, can I come home changed in the way that I went? Can I take what I have there into my workplace? Can I take what I have there into my school? Can I change my neighborhood because of what the love that I feel at the church? When we come with that kind of expectancy, God gives impartation. But God does not bless complacency. God does not bless just the norm. He wants us to come with an expectancy. He wants us to come hungry for more of him. Even when we're sick, better yet come. You see, because when Satan finds your weaknesses, that's where he's going to attack you. And when you say, Satan, you are not going to hold me back. See, I learned something this week. Satan is a, I didn't learn this part. Satan is a liar. And no matter what he's telling you, you need to turn it back on him. So when he's saying that you're good for nothing, say, God, I thank you that Satan is confirming that I'm good for something. When sickness starts coming in, he's saying, oh, you're getting sick. God, I thank you that you're my healer. You're my deliverer. You're my redeemer. Everything that Satan is trying to tell you, turn back on him. You'll make him so mad because all he is is lying, trying to tear you down. Turn it around. Start praising God. What Satan meant for harm, God's going to turn for good. So we can come with an expectancy to be in part. The word impart means to give, to share a portion of, to tell or to reveal. That's impartation. So many times we get what we expect. We get what we expect because sometimes we expect so little. We've set so little expectations. Once again, complacency will not lead to impartation. If we expect little, you'll get little. If you expect the least from people, that's pretty much what you're going to live your life going through. If you limited yourself because of what other people have told you, that's pretty much the life that you're going to live. But when you can break forth and say expectancy, in 2015, I expect God to do this. In 2015, I expect this situation to change. God, I am tired of living this way, and I expect change to come forth in my life. I claim that double blessing that Kristen was sharing about. The best is yet to come because we can stand on God's word and his promises that are yes and amen. We have the ability to create an environment of expectancy in this church. What if I said, this year I'd like to see 100 people get saved? Where'd that come from, Pastor? What if I said, this year I'd love to see seats all the way to the back, every service full? What do we expect in 2015? What if I said, you know what, I, I expect God to do breakthroughs in every one of your lives. And what people see in your lives, they will be so hungry for, they'll come because they're seeing miracles happening in church. Ooh, okay, now we're getting a little out there on the fringe, Pastor Mark. Hey, the Cowboys are in the playoffs. All things are possible, okay? 
Let's talk about expectation and impartation. Acts 3, if you have your Bible, start bringing your Bible. Start bringing your Bible church because you know what? You need to probably start writing some things down in your Bible. I don't write things down in my Bible. Then bring a second Bible that you can write things down in. You got one for show and one for go, okay? So here we go. So bring the one for go in here, Acts 3, 1 and 8. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at a time of prayer. First, I got to stop right there. You know what? They were going somewhere, okay? The church needs to get off the couch and start going into lives. Thank you for that one amen, wherever that came from. Hey, that was my daughter. Woohoo! All right. I preach better when y'all amen. You know that, don't you? Okay. Just want to let you know. If you want better preaching, you get better at amen. And it's a win-win. One day, Peter and John are going up to the temple at a time of prayer at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg for those going to the temple courts. <clears throat> Verse 3, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. <clears throat> How many of you all ever been asked for money by somebody you don't know? How many of y'all been asked for money by people you do know? <laughs> so, verse 4. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting... Okay, I'm just going to stop there for a dramatic pause. <laughs> expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have. Not a good start off a conversation. Man, I don't have anything. Okay, but what I do have, I'm going to give to you. Now, this is all happening pretty quickly, okay? So it says, um, Peter says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went into the, into, with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Amen. Woo! Amen. Now how would you like to have been in the temple courts when that was happening? Because year after year after year you see the same guy begging money and all of a sudden he's walking around praising God. You see, the first thing that we see here is that the man sees Peter and John going into the temple, and he's asking us, and then they say, look at us, so he's expecting to receive something. But what he's expecting to receive is a temporary fix. What they offered him was a permanent solution to his problem. What he was expecting was just to buy some bread for the day. He, the, Peter and John, through the power of God, gave him the ability to go get a job so that he could give money out. So many times we expect God for the little when he wants to do the big in our lives. Why do we come to God with such little expectations? Instead of saying, God, you're the creator of the universe. You can do all things. I'm believing for this, that you are greater than that person. You are greater than my financial need. You are greater than the sickness in my body. You are greater in the doubt and fear and unforgiveness in my life. Why don't we get honest with God and give him inventory of what we do have so he can change in 2015 instead of continuing 2014? But it all comes to our expectations because you know what? God honors expectations. See, expectations are about your future. Fear is about your now. That was good, Mark. Say it again. <laughs> expectations are about your future. Fear is about your now. Everything that you're fearful is about right now. 
What if I lose my job? What, <coughs> is, is that, do you, do, you, do, you, do you hear that? That's all fear. Expectations about what you are expecting God to do in the future. This year, my family will see this. This year, I believe God to do this. This year, I will walk in this. And then you need to write it down so that not like our resolutions, about two weeks into them, we forget about them. This needs to be a model that we carry throughout the entire year. That 2015 will be our best yet ever. Because God has been showing me over and over and over and over, our best is yet to come. And that source is not all godly sources. I'm seeing this everywhere. I even said to Chris, I said, I've seen this now five or six times. I, I believe God's really trying to show me this. I know it's not scriptural, but overall, when we're obedient, we'll eat the good of the land. But we have a part to play. You see, the beggar was asking for alms. And he was expecting little, but he received much. But there was still an expectancy. That's why he was placed there. He's placed on a busy road. He had a marketing mindset. If I get in front of more people, I'll get more alms. Right? So he's positioning himself to get more alms, but what he got was something that changed his life forever. We can go into 2015 expecting God to change our lives forever. Now, wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't that be wonderful that some you've had to deal with for years got broken today? Wouldn't it be wonderful for a breakthrough in your bodies today? Wouldn't it be great for financial disease to break off of us and generational curses to be broken today? But what are your expectations? Well, I just want more 2014. Then that's exactly what you're going to receive. See, if there's not a hunger in you for more of God, then why would you expect for more of God to come into your life? Sometimes when we see change, we work our ways towards that. The man was expecting something. He leaped. Expectation leads to impartation, and Jesus wants us to expect. See, expectation is about faith. I didn't go to bed last night saying, I expect to wake up in the morning. I knew that. But I expect God to do this in this service that's my expectancy that I was praying all this week, that today would be a day of breakthrough for your lives. That it wouldn't be just a normal service that we go through all the motions and we shake hands and we love and, and all this and then we leave and we're not changed. In John 5, we see a similar event. In John 5, verses 1 through 9, it says, Sometime later, Jesus went to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is a, surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been there invalid for 38 years. How old was Jesus when he died? 33. So this man was invalid before Jesus was even born. Okay. Verse 6. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Interesting question, isn't it? Which brings the response from the gentleman. Sir, the invalid replied, 
I have no one to help me into the to pool when the water is stirred. And while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up. Wow, that's deep. Maybe Jesus is telling you today, get up. Quit lying in your fear. Quit sitting in complacency. Quit being comfortable in doubt. Get up. Pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. You see, we have to look at our circumstances. The man was there with an expectancy to eventually get healed if there was a possibility of the water being stirred. They didn't know when the water was going to be stirred. Jesus comes into the situation, and he could have healed everyone, but he went to this one man with, that had such expectations. And the gentleman's reward for his expectation, because you could tell he was probably positioned by the water, that like, you know what, it's not going to happen again. If that water gets stirred, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm ready to, I'm, I'm in, okay? I'm not going to be five feet away. I'm, I'm like, I'm on the edge. It's like, it's go time, God, come on. All right, stir the water, I'm going to get in. Because I think previous hurts was, because you see it in his reply, in the past, every time I tried, somebody beat me to it. Isn't that an excuse we use sometimes? Every time I thought I had a promotion, somebody else beat me to it. Every time I thought something good was going to happen, somebody beat me to it. God, it's not fair that that person got to do this. How many of us carry around those stories ourselves? And you know what Jesus is saying, you know what? Get up. You're healed. Because of his expectations, his reward was healing. He was at a place ready for healing. He was ready by the pool to get healing. Are we ready for breakthrough in our lives? Are we positioned for breakthrough in our lives? Are we ready for change in our lives? You see, if we're not ready for, why would God want to change our lives? If we don't have faith for something, why would God want to do it in our lives? We have to come with an expectancy, not only in church service, that God is going to do miraculous things. Things are going to be happening, and lives are going to be changed, but we have to take that expectation into our workplace. We have to take that expectation into our homes. We have to take our, that expectation into our relationships. We have to take that expectation even into our checkbook. And when there's expectancy, God honors expectancy with impartation. But complacency leads to same old, same old. I guarantee you that if we don't do anything different as a church, a year from now, some of you might be here, two or three new faces, not much change, the community is not impact. But what if we came with expectancy? And in 2015 was going to be a year of change, not only in our lives, but in the church. You see, you can't separate the two because we're a church family. So what's happening in the church family is going to happen in your family. What's happening in your family is going to happen in the church family. Have you ever associated that? See, read about when sin came into the camp and how failure happened to the entire tribe from Achan. God wants us to expect miracles. We've kind of gotten out of the miracle expectancy. But God wants us to expect miracles.
because his word does not change. And even Jesus said, greater things will you do in my name. Oh, yeah, that's, that's for those special people that go to special schools and, and just live in, in a special life. No, that is for you and me, okay? We are the body of Christ. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Not them strength, us strength. See, you have to internalize the Word of God into your life so that when challenges start to impact you, expectation kicks in. One of the best things that will challenge your expectations is for you to go and do a challenge. And I guarantee you that someone today will be faced with a challenge. Do you face it with fear or do you face it with expectancy? Which is faith. God, not again. This is not going to happen again. Satan, I'm giving you notice right now. I'm rebuking you from this situation. You will not have dominion in this. You will not have victory. And even if you know a few scriptures, start saying them at this time. Jesus wept. That's a two-scripture verse. You can memorize that. At least you're saying the word of God, okay? It might not be applicable to your situation, but you spoke the word. I don't know anything about the Bible. Jesus wept. Shortest verse ever. But you know what? God will honor it because he said, hey, they're saying my word. I'm going to change this whole situation. God honors when we come with expectation. See, as I've been telling you, complacency will kill expectations. You know why? Because when we become comfortable, we don't dream. And when we don't dream, God can't do great and mighty things in our lives. See, some of you have lost your dream. Things you wanted to see God do in your life. Things that you wanted to see happen. You've lost the dream. You've even stopped praying about it because it just doesn't happen. And guess what happens? Your faith goes. Your expectancy goes. Complacency is very comfortable. And I want us to be a church of dreamers that says even though we're small in size, we can do great and mighty things. And it's not about one man or one family. It's about this church going out and making a difference. God always challenges us to prove him. Do you know that? He's always challenging us to prove him. Christine even mentioned it earlier, but Malachi 3.10. Here's a challenge. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. Wow. When God says, test me in this, it's fighting words. Have you ever, as a, as a parent, said, do that one more time? Because <laughs> those are fighting words. No kid of mine has ever challenged that. You do that one more time. This is what God's saying. Hey, you want to see something? says the Lord God Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. This scripture has always been tithe because the first part is mentioned in the tithe, but we kind of overlook 
the heavens opening up over our home. Okay, we've always tied this into money. Well, if I give this, God's going to give me this back. No, wrong attitude. You just, you just blew the whole thing right there. Okay? When you give and you say, God, this is what I earned this week. This is what I'm returning. Now, Robert Morris, he, he pastors a small church called Gateway. I don't know if you've heard of it, you know. Like, we'll pray for growth, okay? They've got like 40,000 people now and four campuses. We were in a room with him, and, and he was talking to us, and he was praying. And one of the features that we have is we have an offering box. We don't pass the plate or bucket because we don't want you to give so that you're impressing the person beside you. Because I'm going to tell you, there are times that I gave to impress the people beside me, but there was no blessing on it because I did it for their approval, not for God's approval. When you give back there, it's between you and God. Nobody sees he taught us that you return the tithe. You don't give the tithe, you return the tithe. Because God's saying, give me the part that you earned this week and let me do more with your 90% than you could do with your 100%. You give offerings, you give alms. You give over and above the tithe. For example, let's say that I took my family out to Red Lobster. That sounds good today, okay? Cheesy biscuits, the whole thing, okay? And our whole bill comes out to $50, $60. And I said, you know what? I'm feeling really generous. That was a great waitress. I'm going to give her $15 tip. And all I leave is $15. And I say, now, kids, run. <laughs> Never paid the $60 tab. I gave $15. And I'm going to tell my kids, you know, I like being generous. But are we not doing that sometime? And you say, oh, Pastor, why are you talking about this? Because some of you need a financial breakthrough, but God is not going to bless you if you're not even honoring Him. Right? If you're a thief over a little, why would He make you a thief over a lot? <laughs> right? And, and you say, okay, well, you're just after my tithe and offering. Okay, then let me put a challenge to you. Start giving to anyone you want to give to and see if God doesn't start blessing you. All right? So you can't come back to me and say, oh, you wanted was my... No, I'm telling you to give. Give like you've never given before and see what God will do. I don't have, then give some. Well, what if I don't? That's fear. Remember? Fear's, the, fears right now, expectations about the future. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the scripture again when I get home, <laughs> and I'm going to pray about this. But remember, God loves a cheerful giver because God is a giver. The more that we get into the Word, the more we're to be like Him in the first place. We're to give of our time. You see, one of the things, in the next couple weeks, I'm going to be presenting some, some pretty big changes. Changes that will impact the church and everything. I mean, I'm not going anywhere, so I don't want to... But changes in our, our missions program in our outreach, what we're doing. The reason, because God gives, we've been given so much, we need to give back. Whether it's through Arlington Life Shelter, through Mission Arlington, through going to places, pregnancy centers, we need to be givers. Through missions programs, we need to be givers. 
So we're going to set up mission funds so that as money's coming in, and I'm going to encourage you, sow into these missionaries so that we can give to those missionaries. And we're going to expect God's blessing not only on the missions, but on your home because you gave to a vision of a missionary. And I'll tell you right now, the first couple I want to start is Simon and, and Stephen Cox's son and daughter-in-law. Love reading their newsletters. Going into the Muslim world. They're not in it halfway like, well, let's just see what... No, I mean, they're going into it. And I know Simon and, and his wife and, and, and now their beautiful baby, Noah, right? It's good seed. When we as a church sow into good seed... God brings a harvest. But we need to start seeing that. We need to start having missionaries. Start giving reports. This is how much came into missions. This is how much went out. Amen. Sorry, I'm getting into what's happening. See, I'm not just preaching this to challenge you. I'm preaching this to challenge me. Because I want to see breakthrough in your lives. I want to see breakthrough in this community. And it's not going to happen just going through the same routine. 2014 was good, but it wasn't great. And I believe that Christ is returning soon. And we need to be doing greater things. Seeing miracles. Seeing restoration. Seeing lives being rebuilt. Seeing a renewed spirit. Challenging our lives like we've never been challenged before. And not seeing a God that's ready to judge everyone but it's seeing a church that's willing to accept everyone and help them and say, God loves you the way you are, but he has a better plan for your life. That's what that hurting, dying world needs to hear is not how God wants to judge them, but how God loves them, how this church is not judging them because of their past, but because of the potential of their future. And that's going to take all of us, not just the people sitting on the front row or the second row, I got news for you on the back row. God loves you too. <laughs> and he expects you to do as much as the people on the front row. My last passage in this is that in Psalms, David expects God to defend him in all of his situations. And in Psalms 27, 1, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Sometimes I'm in all God's word. He's my light and my salvation. Who is there to fear? What are you fearing today? Honestly, what are you fearing? Because David's saying, you know what? God's everything. Remember what I told you? What you see is physical. What you don't see is, is supernatural, eternal. Sometimes we are looking so much at what we are facing we're not seeing the supernatural. We're not seeing the eternal. We're not seeing the love of God. We're not seeing the provision of God because sir, we're so focused on the physical. The Lord is my life's fortress. Who is there to be afraid of? Wow. God is your fortress. God is your strength. He's your light. He's your salvation. He's your source. When you start getting, and, and you say, you know, Pastor, I, I just, I don't, I don't have time. No, you don't have time not to read God's Word. Start in Psalms. Start just reading through. What Kristen loves to do is she reads on the, on the third of, of the month, she's reading Psalms 3 and Proverbs 3. And then she reads other things. 
But every day she's going through, and guess what happens? Month after month after month, you're going to learn the first 30, 31 verses of Psalms and the first 30, 31 verses of Proverbs. And it's very easy. What's today? Today's the fourth. I'm going to read Psalms 4. I'm going to read Proverbs 4. Get the word in you. We as a church expect to see God do great and mighty things. If not, we're just going through the motions. And I don't want to be going through motions. I want to come each Sunday with an expectancy that worship is going to be phenomenal. You know how I do that? I start praying for the worship team. Maybe they don't need to get better. Maybe we do. You're welcome. <laughs> I expect God to rebuild, to restore, and to renew. Because I'm really tired of hurting people, continuing in their hurt, while we're comfortable in God's goodness. Hebrews 11.6, it's my last passage, and it says, And without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. A rewarder of those who seek him. What does that mean to you? What is, what is a rewarder of those who seek him? Could it be the restoration that you've been crying for? Could it be the renewal in your spirit, the renewal in your love for someone, the renewal of, of just your attitude, a zealousness, a renewal of a dream that I said that maybe died because we just stopped praying for it? We also believe that he's a restorer or what the enemy has stolen from you. God is good. Devil is bad. Devil steals. God gives. Things have been stolen. Don't blame God. Bad things happen. Don't blame God. God can work all things together for good. But we need to touch lives. And for us to touch lives, they need to see something in us. To see something in us, we have to step up. And if you write one word down for this year, maybe expectations is something that you need to be looking at because it will remind you of this message. And maybe that sentence, I expect God to do this in 2015. Maybe it's time to change you know what? Maybe change comes right now. If you want to see God do something in your life in 2015, I'm going to ask you to stand. Oh, Pastor Mark, you never have a stand. You know what? If you want to see God do something in your life in 2015, take a stand. Don't stand because everybody else is standing. Stand because you know of what you want to see God do in your life. Now, for those of you who are really bold, I want you to come down front. 
If it's the whole church, it's the whole church. But if you want to come down, this is your declaration that, God, I want to see change. And what we're going to do is we're going to be praying. We're going to lay hands on you. We're going to believe. There's going to be an impartation because of the expectation. You see, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Y'all want to go behind them and lay hands on them? Stevens, Bill, Austin, I want you to be praying. Are y'all ready for change? Are you ready for a new year? All right. Because God's going to remind you of this when seasons get a little difficult. But you know what? I'm believing that there is going to be a breakthrough. The past is in the past. This is a new year. This is a new season. Whether it's in your body, whether it's in your relationships, whether it's in your finances, whether it's in your attitude, whether it's in the anger or the fear or the hopelessness, we rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus. So let's pray. Everybody pray. Start praying out loud. Start thanking God for changing your situation. Prayer partners are going to be walking behind you, laying on hands, because we believe that that's going to be the impartation for change. Father, I thank you that 2015 will be a year that we encounter your very best. We thank you that today is a day of impartation of your goodness, of your grace, healing in our bodies, Lord God. We thank you for breakthrough in relationships. Those relationships that we have not heard from in years, we'll hear from them, and it'll be an open door for restoration. We thank you that this will be a year of breakthrough in our finances, that we will be givers, God. We will be givers in every part of our lives, not just in our money, but in our time, in our prayers. We will be praying for people. We will be lifting up your name in situations. We'll go into public places and declare the name of the Lord. We are taking back what the enemy has stolen. We're taking back lands that have been stolen from us. We're breaking generational curses that have come upon us. We're breaking that right now in Jesus' name. We're breaking unforgiveness. We're breaking bitterness. We're breaking all of those nagging pains and situations that we've had to deal with in our bodies. And we declare today, we declare today, God, that this is a new day. This is a new season. And we declare your word as yes and amen on this. And we thank you, Father God, that with you all things are possible. With you all things are possible. With you all things are possible. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Man, do you feel that? Do you feel the power and presence of God? All things are possible. You are here for a reason today. There may have been good reasons why you weren't here, but you came today because God wanted you to hear this message to say today a day of change is happening in our families. Today a day of change is coming in our finances. Today a day is changing in our bodies. And nothing is too difficult for God. Nothing is too difficult for God. Say that with me. Nothing is too difficult for God. I am so excited about what God's about to do in your lives. Because he's showing me some things that are happening. A melting away. It's cold out there, but it's warm in here. You can be seated. Actually, just stand and I'll say the blessing over you. Praise God.
If this is just the beginning, guess how good it's going to get mid-year. All right? There's expectancy right there. How we're going to do more in touching our community, more in missions than we've ever done before. And it's going to happen because our best is yet to come. Wow. could run right now. <laughs> That's why I'm rocking, because it's the closest thing I can do to running right now. It's been a long time since I've sensed this in God's presence. But we need to do this together. We need to do this together. This week, pray for Dino and the entire worship team. Pray for our nursery workers. Pray for our teachers. Pray for Kristen and I. Pray for our sound team, that they make us sound good. Come with an expectancy that God is going to do something supernatural every time we get together. No more complacency. No more routines. But a newness. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile upon you, be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. So go now in his peace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for coming. We love you so very much.